everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Why We Worship podcast. I'm Amber Patrick, your host. And today we are actually going to be talking about Hebrews chapter 5. Um, for those of you that are tuning in from the Bible study, welcome. For those of you that have no idea what I'm talking about, welcome as well. Uh, there's a Bible study that me and some other ladies have been doing, and we've been going through the book of Hebrews. And for chapter 5, rather than typing out a whole lot, because there's so much that can be said about this chapter, I wanted to hop on here. I wanted to discuss the chapter here so that way not only um, could we discuss it for the Bible study, but also those who aren't involved in the Bible study that we're doing can hear it as well. The book of Hebrews is a fantastic book. It's, I mean, obviously it's, you know, every book of the Bible is fantastic, but this one is, um, is really, really great. It was written by a Hebrew to the Hebrews, <laughs> basically to tell them to stop living like Hebrews. <laughs> but it it deals a lot with doctrine. It deals a lot with the Old Testament, how Christ is the fulfillment of the law, how we're under a new covenant, a better covenant because of Christ. And it really helps to, to establish that solid foundation of understanding who Christ is as our high priest. Um, you know, why he had to become man in order to save us and other things like that. So without further ado, we're just going to jump right into it. If you're going to follow along in your Bible, I will be reading from the New King James Version. If you have the same Bible as me, it's page 1153. Um, but we're just going to go ahead and get started right at verse 1. So verse 1 says, For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also subject to weakness. Because of this, he is required, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer sacrifices for sins. And no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. So, in the Old Testament, nobody appointed themselves as high priest. Man did not appoint the high priest. Man did not choose who were going to be the priest. That was completely God's decision. And we see we see that in verse 5. It says, no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. Um, maybe we could go into the discussion of how um, God calls Aaron's staff to bud, kind of showing that God is the one who who called Aaron, who chose Aaron, um, he actually, God set apart the tribe of Levi as the priests. Um, God made that decision that the priests would come from the tribe of Levi, that they would be, you know, the, from the son, from Aaron, from his descendants. You know, Aaron was the high priest when in the time of Moses. So we see that God selected him. But not only that, that high priests were taken from men they were appointed for men in things pertaining to God. So high priests were the ones that were appointed for men in godly things and holy things. The high priests, the priests were the ones who kind of took care of those things. They were the ones who offered gifts and sacrifices for sins. We also see that because the priest was a man, because as verse three, or I'm sorry, verse two says that he was subject to weakness, the priest could have compassion on those who are ignorant, those who are going astray, because he himself could understand because he was pro or he was subject to weakness. It's so vital. It was so important for the high priest to be able to have compassion on people. But because he was also prone to weakness, he was required, 
as for the people, so also for himself, verse 3, to offer sacrifices for sins. So not only did he have to make sacrifices for the people, but he also did have to make sacrifices for himself because the high priest and the priests were still people. They were subject to weakness. Now, going on in the chapter, one thing that I do want to bring up is that, so the priests came from the tribe of Levi. Under the law, the Levites were the ones who ministered as priests in God's temple. Jesus is not from the tribe of Levi. So how he is considered our high priest is something that we will now discuss in the following verses. So picking up at verse five, so also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, you are my son today. I have begotten you. And he also says in another place, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So God, just as he did Aaron, just as he did the Levites, chose Christ to be a high priest. God glorified Christ to become high priest. Christ did not glorify himself to that position, but God chose him. God's the one who said that you are my son today I have begotten you and said that Christ is a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So... Who is Melchizedek? If, you, if you're following along in your Bible, we're going to quickly flip over to Genesis chapter 14. And in verse 18, we see the account of Melchizedek. So this is following um, a time when Lot was captured and then Abram, later to be called Abraham, uh, went and, you know, he defeated them, had all of the spoils from you know, for rescuing not only Lot, but the others that were captured. And then, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, Abram, gave him, Melchizedek, a tithe of all. So, <clears throat> Melchizedek, we see here, is king of Salem, or in other words, king of peace. And we actually see this. Um, actually, before I go on in Hebrews chapter 5, I, I want to read a little bit from Hebrews 7. So Hebrews 7, starting in verse 1, says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of God most high, who, may, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all things, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the son of God, remains a priest continually. So we see here that Melchizedek was known as the king of righteousness, um, then also king of Salem, which means king of peace. Melchizedek is without genealogy. He's without a father, without a mother, having done without a beginning or end, but he remains forever. He was made like the son of God and remains a priest continually. This is what the Bible, who the Bible tells us Melchizedek is. Melchizedek, king of Salem, king of peace, king of righteousness, priest of God most high, brought out bread and wine, which we know is communion. Um, 
to Abraham, then blessed Abraham and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into his into your hand. And then Abram gave Melchizedek a tithe of all. Tithing, we will 100% discuss in another podcast. I don't want to get too caught up in tithing, but I do want to point out the fact that Abraham and Melchizedek, the account of Abraham and Melchizedek happened before the law. Tithing is not part of the law. Tithing is something that was established by Abraham and Melchizedek. Melchizedek is not a priest under the law. He's a priest forever. He doesn't have genealogy. He doesn't have beginning or end. He's like Christ. So we see here that tithing (laughs) is not part of the law, but it is something that Abraham did. And if you want to be a child and as children of Abraham, it is something that we should continue to do. And that's all I'm going to say about that. There's a lot more that I could discuss about tithing, but just wanted to throw that in there. So Melchizedek was obviously a very important character in the Bible. Um, it's a representation of he was like the son of God. He remains a priest continually. And Christ is a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek has no beginning, has no end. So now, so Christ has no beginning or end. He'll never stop being our high priest. Um, so I just want to going, going to jump back to Hebrews five now, and I want to keep going. So we'll just pick up, I'll read again, verse five just since I've explained that, and then we'll keep going. So starting in verse five. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, you are my son, today I've begotten you. As he also says in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So now we've established one, that Christ did not make himself high priest, but that God made Christ high priest. And two, that that Jesus isn't a high priest according to the law, but he is a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, who we see the account of Melchizedek in Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. And then also uh, Hebrews 7, verses 1 through 3, we get a little bit more information about who Melchizedek was. So verse seven, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Um, so that was verses seven and eight. And again, this is talking about Jesus now. So we see that Jesus Although he was the son of God, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. So this goes back to what we read in verse 2, that a high priest is able to show compassion because they've been subject to weakness. Jesus had to become man, had to go through what he went through in order for him to be our high priest, in order for him to pay the ultimate sacrifice for us. He had to be tempted in every way as we did, yet without sin. So though he was the son of God, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Verse nine, and having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obeyed him, called by God as high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. So there we see again, God called Jesus as the high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, because we are no longer under the law. We are under grace. Christ fulfilled the law 
And now he fulfilled, he is the fulfillment of the old covenant. And now we're under a new and better covenant. But we still have a high priest. Christ is our high priest. Christ is the one who made that sacrifice. Remember in verse in verse 1, it says, For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. Christ being our high priest made the, gave, he was the one who offered gifts and sacrifice for our sin. He paid the ultimate price for our sin. His sacrifice was our, was his life. And because of that, because of that perfect sacrifice, because he's the spotless, the blameless lamb of God, we're able to come to God because of what Jesus did for us, because he walked among us, because he subjected himself to weakness, because he... <laughs> Because he learned obedience through the things he suffered, you know, because he died for us and he rose again for us. He sacrificed his life for us. We now have access to God most high that people in the Old Testament didn't have before because the high priest then wasn't like Jesus. Jesus is 100% God. He's 100% man. He went through life but didn't sin. The high priest didn't do that. You know, no, no man has ever not sinned aside from Jesus. Jesus is the only person who's ever been perfect, who's ever gone through life without sinning. And so they weren't able, the high priests were not, in the Old Testament, were not able to give the people what Jesus is able to give. They weren't able to make that perfect sacrifice because they had to make sacrifices for themselves as well <laughs> because they also sinned. They also gave in to weakness because they were human. But Jesus never sinned. Jesus lived a perfect life. And Jesus, because of what he did for us, we are able to have a relationship with God closer than our own skin. Closer than a, we can be, we can be closer to God than we are our own brother. We can talk to God. We can commune with God every day. Not only that, but we also we will receive eternal life because of what we'll be in heaven with God because of what Jesus did for us. And I could go on and on about that, but I really I need to keep going. <laughs> but um, so he was called by God Most High as High Priest. And it was according to the order of Melchizedek, not according to the order of the Levites. One, because he was Jesus wasn't from the tribe of Levi. But two, because he's from the order of Melchizedek, which is, you know, as we discussed, Melchizedek was priest of the Most High God, king of righteousness, king of peace, and so on and so on, who was like the Son of Man, but remains a priest and remains a priest continually. Um, and we see <clears throat> verse 11 of whom, of Melchizedek, there's a lot to say, but it's hard to explain. And the Hebrews that this Hebrew is writing to has become dull of hearing. Um, so going on, verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So it is so vital that we as Christians learn how to grow up in the things of God. You know, um, I have a young son. I have a, 
sorry, my screen went black. <laughs> I have a 15 month old and then I am about to have yet another baby. My 15 month old is not like he was when he was first born. When my son was first born for the first four to six months, he only had milk. He only drank milk because he was not able to chew, to digest food. He could not digest solid food. And then when we started him on food, his primary source was still milk. And then we gradually introduced food that I had blended, that I had cooked down and it was only like peas or it was carrots. It was something soft and gentle and easy for his stomach to digest. And it was a very slow process of introducing him to food and then progressively getting him off of milk where milk was no longer his sole source of nutrition. Now he eats, you know, his favorite thing right now are peanut butter sandwiches or chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A and he still, but he eats fruit and vegetables and meat. He eats meat now. Um, there is some meat that's still too tough for him to digest. You know, like he can't really eat steaks right now. He doesn't have enough teeth. I think he only has 11 or 12 teeth right now, <laughs> but you know, he can eat chicken. He can eat Peanut butter is a good source of protein. It's not a meat, but you know, he can eat that. There are a lot of that he can eat eggs. There are a lot of things that he can eat now, but it took a process of he had to grow to get off of that milk. If he would have stayed on that milk, he would have been malnourished. He wouldn't have he would stop he would, it would have stopped growing properly. You know, his teeth couldn't it he needs to be able, the, the reason why he grew teeth was in order for him to be able to eat other things, not just to drink milk his entire life. In the same way, we as Christians, we have to start off on the milk of the word of God, which we'll actually talk about because I'm going to do another one of these podcasts for Hebrews chapter six. And I'll get a little bit ahead of myself and just read the first two verses of Hebrews six, because Hebrews six in the first two verses, we see the foundational doctrine. Foundational doctrine is the milk of the word of God. And we see that that is uh, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Those six things are foundational principle doctrine. It's the milk of the word of God. You have to get established in the milk. You cannot jump directly to the meat. You can't jump to, you know, the, the heavier things before you have established a foundational doctrine. You have to start in the milk first. But then you have to grow up from those things. You have to get that solid foundation established. You know, you have to, you know, you have to understand repentance from dead works. You have to get faith towards God. You have to understand the doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. You have to establish that foundation first. But once that foundation is established, you have to grow up to bigger things, to meteor subjects to more mature things. You have to grow in the things of God. You can't stay where you are and expect to just be fine. Like you get, you can't be saved for 20 years and still in diapers because you never learned how to grow up. Okay. There are too many 20 year old Christians running around in diapers with a bottle in their hand. You have to get off of those things. You have to grow in the things of God. Don't stay where you are. You need to grow up. Because it says, everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled and the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is those who reason, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You have to grow to be able to discern good and evil. You have to learn how to be able to make decisions for yourself. You can't have somebody hold your hand the whole time and be like, okay, like you do this, you do that. You know, like my son, 
said my son is 15 months old. He, uh, you know, I can't exactly just let him wander around wherever he wants. You know, I have to teach him. No, you can't climb on the coffee table. No, we don't play with, you know, I have to put the little the covers on electrical outlets. He's almost tall enough where I'm about to have to start putting the baby locks on doors and things like that. But we have to teach him, you know, you can't, because he doesn't understand that it's not safe to play with electrical outlets. He doesn't understand that it's not safe to climb on top of coffee tables. So he, I have to be there to teach him. But as he grows older, he learns, I'm not supposed to do that. That's not good. And in the same way, we have to grow up as Christians to learn this is good and this is evil. And I have to choose to do good. But that only happens as you grow and you continue to feed yourself properly. You know, you need to first start on the milk, but then you have to grow up from that. And you have to get to where you're eating the meat of the word of God. You have to get to where you're doing those things. Um, so that's all I really have to say for Hebrews 5. But before I go, I want to give everyone an opportunity. You know, we talked about Christ being our high priest. We talked about the fact that he suffered. He went through everything that he did on earth. You know, he died on the cross. He died a horrible, painful death, but he did it for us. He did it for us. And he never once, you know, never once wanted to take it back. He, he was obedient to death, even death on the cross. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if he isn't your high priest, if he hasn't made, you know, if you haven't received that sacrifice that he made for you, I want to give you an opportunity to do so. I want you to understand that there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shine. Hell wasn't made for you. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you so you would have a way to live forever in eternity, to live for, to, to be free from death, to be free from sickness, to be free from sin. God loves you so much. He gave his only son for you. Jesus loves you so much. He died for you. And I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've, if you have once received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but then a storm of life came and knocked you off your ground, whether it was um, death, divorce, bankruptcy, loss of a loved one, loss of a loss of a close friend, whatever it may be, if there was something that happened that just kind of knocked you off your feet, and you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, or if you are saved, but the devil's always lying to you and telling you that you're not saved then I want you guys to pray with me. Anyone who's never received Jesus and wants to, anyone who has received Jesus, but a storm of life came, knocked you off your feet, and you want to rededicate your life, and anyone who isn't sure that they are saved and want to make sure today, then I want you to repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe You've risen from the dead, and you're coming back again for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost, a hunger for the things of God, and a holy boldness to preach the gospel. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen.
So as a minister of the gospel, I want to tell you today that all of your sins are forgiven of you. Remember to run to God and not from him because he loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. If you prayed that prayer, let us know. We want to hear from you. Um, you can reach us at contact at loveandunityministries.com. Uh, you can reach us through our website, loveandunityministries.com. You can reach us on our Facebook page, Sean and Amber Patrick. Um, you can reach us on Instagram at L and U Ministries. You know, you can reach us on any of our social media platforms. You can reach us through here, wherever it is. But if you prayed that, you know, we want to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, we want to hear from you. You know, reach out to us. Um, before I go, I also do want to give anyone who would like an opportunity to sow into our ministry, an opportunity to give. Uh, you can do that. One, going through going to loveandunityministries.com slash give. Again, that's loveandunityministries.com slash give. You can do it through Cash App, uh, PayPal, or Venmo. They are all LNU Ministries. So Cash App's dollar sign, LNU Ministries. Venmo's at sign, LNU Ministries. PayPal is paypal.me slash LNU Ministries. And again, those are all found at loveandunityministries.com slash give. Um, but we love you. Thank you so much for turning in. And I will talk to you next time. Goodbye.